Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. Fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And I'm joined today by uh, both Funny Ben and Unfunny Ben. Mm. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks it's great to be reasons. with you. We'll let you, yeah. the listener, decide who decide. Is in the I, so, I mean, this is from a meeting we just come from, uh, yes. where I think the Bens were putting themselves down. This is the last podcast of, of the season. We'll be mm. back for season two. I'm pretty sure that's just been confirmed. Mm. Uh, Exclusive coverage right here. Confirmation. I have to say, it's been really great working with you too you've, m- you've made my pandemic much less unfunny than it could have been even even oh, unfunny ben. even unfunny ben managed to <laughs> wait why am i becoming unfunny ben now <laughs> yeah I, th- it's, I really you appreciate just gave it away now i'm feeling insecure i definitely appreciate everything you've done hey uh, we're you in the studio we're in the new studio the mobile studio uh, which doubles up as actually the outdoor broadcast equipment for yeah. the uh, christmas eve 7 p.m service which triples up as the parish hall to the untrained eye, it looks like the parish hall. It may. Some junk we found in the attic. Yeah. Yes. Well, listen, thanks so much. We are going to look at the passage uh, for this weekend. It's, uh, it's a great series, uh, Ben Woolpy, that you designed. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. You designed this whole thing, did all the skeleton arguments, and then, and then uh, I got to preach it all, and I appreciate yeah. this. And uh, It's hilarious. It's, it's <laughs> great fun. Oh, you would say that because you're... Funny Ben. No, I'm unfunny Ben. <laughs> so tell me now, uh, who's going to read for us, please? I'll, I'll read. read. Ooh. Ooh. I you go ahead. I'll read. Okay. This is John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Aneon near Salim because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Uh, This is one of those really interesting passages. I looked at it for the first time yesterday, not for the first time in my life, but for the first time for this weekend. And, you know, I first thought, oh, I I don't really know what to say about this. Uh, But reading through it a bit more closely, there's so much here. I I love the way uh, that, you know, for example, these these disciples of John are are a little bit sort of territorial and a little bit fighty. Mm. Yeah, and much like Jesus just disciples like they still don't get it yeah <laughs> like john's been saying that he's not the christ he's here to bear witness to the christ over and over and over again uh and they're even calling out um they tell him like look this one who was with you across the jordan to whom you bore witness 
look, he's baptizing. People are going over to him. Like, he's taking all the glory from us. Yeah, they've not forgotten that he's so the one that this is all about. Yeah. And yet, even yeah. then. So they're still I not quite getting it, which is funny. I find what I find. Yeah, that's. I find that to be, like, kind of expected in, in a lot of ways. Like, because that's just the way that we are, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, you know, we're. I'm. Ben's jealous of me for being the funny Ben, uh, et cetera. Always. But. Um, and conflicted as well because he knows that your humor is pointing to Christ and that it just puts <laughs> him in this really <laughs> difficult kind of loop. That's absolutely, I couldn't have phrased it any better than I that. I cried myself to sleep at night. My humor that. always points to Christ. Um, but but what I find surprising is that John does seem to get it. Uh, he, he, I guess why? Like why does he, why does he get it? Um, I mean, so we could go back, couldn't we, to... The, what's the first? The first thing we really find out about John is when he's a fetus, and yeah. he leaps for joy mm. uh, at being simply, you know, womb to womb, close to Christ. Yeah, he's always been standing next to the bridegroom, rejoicing at his coming. Oh, we should call you clever, Ben. Like, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Clever, ben. Just in the presence of mm. Christ, he leaps with joy. Mm. Uh, that in itself is a fascinating subject. There's yeah. this charismatic experience in utero of the uh, of the Baptist. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was Elizabeth, um, you know, getting a experience and that somehow crossing the placenta. Mm -hmm. I think it's his own. Yeah, yeah. She she felt the baby leap for joy. Well, in her womb. yeah, that's right. It's what Scripture says mm -hmm. is that it's actually the yep. baby. Yeah. yeah. So so he's able to point to. Jesus, that's what he's for, and he's doing it. And he seems to have a very clear understanding of his calling. Mm. Even, I, I think in Luke, like, he, he still goes back and questions Jesus, like, are you really the Messiah at some point? He, he does ask that, but he, he's never questioned what he is there to do. Right. Mm. Like, he's always known his role to be that voice in the wilderness to prepare the way for the Lord. Uh, to be the friend of the bridegroom, to rejoice yeah. in his coming. Like, there is no ambiguity with John, and he's spending a lot of energy and time telling people that he's not the Christ. John is not a self-centered person. No, it's not his day. It's the it's the groom's day. Yeah, that's mm. right. So I was I was reading this thing that the friend of the bridegroom had several jobs, like the best man. The friend of the bridegroom had. Amongst other things, the job of certifying to the community that the bride was a virgin, and so he would have to go. I know when I see your faces. So um, he, the the groom. Oh, this just got real. I, it was weird. The the groom and the bride would would go to bed, and the the friend would hover around outside the door, waiting for this cry of joy from the groom uh, when he discovered that his wife was pure, and so there'd be this kind of scream of you know relief or whatever from inside the room and then and thank then you the all right and then the friend would go down back to the party and say hey it's okay it's all fine an interesting thing isn't it there i'm glad certain traditions have died yes Let's um, say that. <laughs> there's yeah there's some scientific issues there too Lo but you know <laughs> looking around in the corridor of the four seasons <laughs> you know just <laughs> outside by the do not disturb sign it doesn't quite seem to work, does it, in modern America? No, not quite. But the point is, this is an official job, and and he's there for this day. 
which is all about the bride and all about the groom. And he's testifying to that union as well as, as kind of being there for his friend. It's not just a ceremonial job. Yeah, and I think he his attitude also teaches us something quite a bit because, Ben, you said that he's not a self-centered person, whereas his disciples are are kind of pitting against this competition. Yeah. Like, Jesus is baptizing more people than you. Like, yeah. he's kind of, baptizing is supposed to be your thing. You're the Baptist. and uh, But he's kind of taken over and pushing into your territory. Like, mm. we should do something. And he says, no, that's not. Uh, that kind of competition is not the way to view things. It's not the way to view the world. Right. We're here to all point toward Jesus and to say, this is the guy. Follow right. him. And not, and not to get jealous of each other's ministries. So yeah. And I think, you know, too, that was... Uh, a few times I mean, nowadays. Not here. The first... No, not here. I mean, we're above the fray. But <laughs> other churches tend to... Um, Oh, yeah, not not within our churches, between Ben's. It's um, moments like this where I just wish that the podcast had one of those webcams on it, because right? we'd uh-huh. see all the facial expressions and things. Yeah, I'm 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 quiet on this podcast, but kind of screaming with my facial features, aren't I? <laughs> as, as, a, um, as a Brit, I'm not given to sort of great shows of emotion, as you know. Um, but I really, really appreciate being on a preaching team with you two. It's 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 fun. It's much easier when when the others on the team are just up for it and into it. Uh, it we have this thing to sort of play off each other, and, and jealousy would be so destructive. But yeah, yeah. Isn't it great? Like when I say, "Oh, Ben said this thing last week," and you know, that got me thinking about this, and you end up with a dialogue in community. And the fact yeah. that I'm not trying to point towards how great you are or how great Ben is, Glad. but we're all together pointing towards how great Jesus right. is. Yeah. Like and this that is awesome to be able to be on a team united in doing right. that. Dear That's podcast good. listeners, we are actually joking about all this. We're, um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're pointing toward a greater reality. Yeah. Uh, and you can see that um, just in, in denominations and things, you know, wow, what are the Presbyterians doing over there? And y- Hopefully we're all pointing to Jesus Christ. And if there is some thumping, great, big, successful church on the doorstep, that's great. Wonderful. Ministry becomes, like, I think I've found that, like, pastors and ministers, when they, when you become, like, completely centered upon your own self, it becomes this, like, ingrown, almost, it's almost creepy. Like, Mm. just, like, uh, self-obsessed, uh, and and the idol becomes not Jesus. It becomes worship becomes not towards Jesus himself, but toward like some sort of vague sense of like social momentum that you have together as a group, mm. or like this feeling that people get like this is the place where it's happening. Um, and I just imagine like John almost being sort of like the pastor of this sort of dying congregation that, and then maybe they're dying because not because they did anything wrong, but just because like. Their moment is past, yeah, and and how do, and John's attitude about it is so amazing, right? I mean, he's willing to go to death. There's that little brackets bit, right? Verse twenty four, for John had not yet been put in prison. Oh, there's the hallmark of a mm-hmm. of a gospel centered ministry, right there. It it harms you a little bit if you stand up, you make enemies. I mm. don't think it's helpful. If you if you are imprisoned for your faith, you're probably just doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and he's willing to do it. And I guess sometimes, you know, I've heard people say that that when things are stripped away and actually real suffering comes, it becomes easier to worship Jesus because you're less precious about what you stand to lose. Yeah, and and you lose all the 
you do away with all the trappings of the the thorns that choke the the um, fruit as it grows up in the out of the soil that that parable of the four four seeds that fell on the ground like the all the th- the cares and concerns of the world that we are kind of trapped in and, and wrestle with all the time are are being kind of are choking out our faith and are uh, distracting us but when you lose all of that and there's only jesus there's only the eternal things that abide mm. forever and don't can never be taken away mm. it's a lot easier to keep our focus on those i agree it's less in the way so you've you've got this um uh territorialism that we see a little bit here um and i, I think another thing you see is um this almost um superiority thing that they've got going on as well. In Mm. verse 25, a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. Love the fact that we have no idea what the dispute was. We don't know who was right or who was wrong or what it was about at all. It it doesn't seem to be a very important argument, but it seemed important to them. And uh, the, the preposition between is a translation, but I think more directly it would be ek, from, um, out, out of, so out of purification. So uh, a, dis- a dispute arose out of them. So oh. in other words, they started a fight. Ah. It, it wasn't an organic thing. Oh, a disagreement arose. Well, that was like John's whole shtick, wasn't it? Like uh, come out to the Jordan River in the wilderness and be purified because the temple, whatever the temple worship is that's going on, is so corrupted that it's not cutting it anymore. Right. Right? Like, repent, be purified. That's baptism. That would mm. certainly get uh, people's backs up, without a doubt. Yeah. Where you've got this glittering, important temple. And when you think about what temple is in, in, the, in the history of Judaism, and this is the location of their relationship with God, it's the means of their relationship with God, it's everything, right? And John's like, well, I'm going to be in the, I'll be in the woods if anyone needs me. Yeah, and they go. Well, and the fact that for them it's mm-hmm. about purification, like their whole religious life is about purification. They're uh, it's so important they have to argue about the nuance because that's what it's about. And John says, no, it's actually about a person, this yeah. guy. Like your whole life is about is about this one that I've been telling you about that I've been pointing towards. And I think that's how true is that for us as well. Like we want our spiritual lives to be about ceremony or or purifying ourselves or doing the right things jumping through the right hoops but really it's about a person it's about jesus yeah and nothing else everything else is either pointing towards him or point distracting us away from him hmm. so that helps a huge amount doesn't it when we start to see it it is all about that's what you call the sermon i think all about that jesus sounds accurate yeah <laughs> i can't remember all about jesus yeah and and john is all about jesus yeah. And and just the fact that he ends this with saying he must increase yeah. but I must decrease is a remarkable piece of humility and clarity about who you are and what you're there for. Hmm. Like that he, it's his time and and my job here is is coming to a close. Yeah. This is actually the only verse that uh, have you ever heard of the sort of tradition of people giving you a verse? Like, they say, like, I have this, it's very meaningful, and it's only happened to me once, Um, and and this was the verse, uh, John 3.30, my 
my pastor growing up said to me, he, he, I think he knew I was going toward ministry of some kind, and he said, uh, this is what I have for you to think about. He must increase, but I must decrease. Um, it's powerful and yet much more difficult to actually adopt that mindset and live by that than it is to just sort of like give it lip service or think about it. Yeah. Right, because we're all about ourselves. We I always mean, want ourselves to increase. Yeah. Like, uh, my life is about increasing my myself, my my goods, my security, my uh, yeah. my wealth. Like, but think about actually saying, "I want myself to decrease." What a radical, weird thing that is. I guess, like, my natural way of thinking is like, if I want to be happy, then I need more. Like, that's the American way. Like, I need more money. I need more uh, friends. I need more time. I need more stuff. Yeah. I might need more mountain bike stuff, but, yeah. But, like, I, I need more. And then John's looking at this prospect of having less, and that doesn't just increase his joy. It completes it. It's mm. crazy. Um, it, it's this totally contrary way of thinking about the world about existence, about your life. Yeah. And yet it's deeply Christian. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it really does describe a major facet of what we're, what we're here it, to, to do and for. If we're going to be all about Jesus, we can't be all about ourselves. Mm-hmm. They cannot coexist. No. No, they're hostile to each other as concepts, aren't they? Yeah. So that pr- perhaps that's that's really where it that's that's the kind of key of the passage then i mean i think it it clarifies john's whole disposition in his ministry like what he's there to do is he was there to do a job and he's done it and now he's he's making the way for him and uh and stepping back from the limelight so that jesus can be more glorified and magnified i mean worth noting though that you would want this so John, obviously, John is beheaded. Um, Jesus is crucified. I guess that's worse. He also takes on the entire sin of the universe, which is definitely worse. worse yeah. It that's is a worse. bit worse, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. And so, uh, I mean, I don't know how much of this John sees. I really don't. Um, and and actually, the thing I alluded to in my sermon last week about scholars understanding John's use of, of Lamb of God, is John thinking triumphantly Lamb of God judge, or is he thinking sort of innocently Lamb of God, uh, you know, slain sacrifice. Lamb, sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Um, either way, what Jesus heads to as the one who increases is a bigger decrease. Mm-hmm. He's God, he's incarnated, that's a decrease. He's... He He's this miracle worker. He's welcomed into Jerusalem as this king of the Jews, and he's crucified a criminal's death. Mm. And, and that's the good bit. Then he's taking on the sins of the world and being treated uh, as, as sin. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it, the iniquities are laid on his head. There's so much there in Christ that's about the decrease. Mm. And he then himself y- even the concept dec- of... Sorry? He himself decreased. Yeah, yeah, he himself decreased. Even... Too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, even even to take that concept of what exaltation and glory really means and to flip it and say, actually, I'm going to be lifted up on that cross is is so key to what Christ is and what Christianity is. And I think that this fits that pattern, whether John knew it or not, it fits that pattern. Yeah, the way down is actually the way up. 
Right, because yeah. what does it mean? So there you go, you're a pastor. What does that mean for us? So mm. what? Nice theology, Alex, who cares? What does it mean for us? It's a good point that yeah. you just made. You're looking at me like you didn't make one. No, I <laughs> I am you just you just challenged me to to apply that into my own life um which is which you is join uh, the dots at the the speed of a supercomputer. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wi- which is just like uh way more way more real. Um I, I think it I think that we learn that as we go along um in a lot of ways and experience our own personal humiliations and um and our low moments and uh you know when you you wake up uh, in the middle of your life, and you realize maybe you're not the person that you hoped you would be, or whatnot. Um, and then to to see all of that, to acknowledge your own limitation, and then recognize that um, that your life is actually about so much more than just being your best self. Um, mm. That's that's what keeps me. That's that's the the joy I think that keeps me coming back to the gospel. Like my life is about more than being my best self. Uh, my joy is wrapped up in another. Mm. Yeah, and we have a culture that's so focused on self-fulfillment and self-actualization. And the Christian life is about Christ's fulfillment and and leaning into all that, that Jesus is and all that he has for us and making him the star of my own show. Like, I'm not the star of the show anymore. I'm not the captain of my ship. He's the star. He's the he's the captain. He's the one who's of first importance in all things. And I the aim of the Christian life is not just to experience the humiliations, but to to aim for them in some ways. And to aim downward <laughs> with our lives so that Christ can be exalted in us and through us. I I knew it would happen. <laughs> I knew there'd be a Wolpian crescendo. And it was, uh, yeah. You've missed it. I, you? I woke up this morning relaxed because I knew that there would be one. <laughs> and, and I can't even help myself anymore. We've been listening to this cultural moment. Uh, every, the the pa- staff and pastors here throughout the last year, um, and it's basically where this one pastor named John Mark Comer interviews this guy who's like pretty brilliant, uh, named Mark Sayers. Yeah. And I feel like, and sometimes I feel like. Wolpie is is like our Mark Sayers. Yeah, and I'm the John like Mark Homer because I've got a waistcoat, and then you're just like a Christian. <laughs> I'm Rob just the Bell. other guy because like Christian you look cool. Rob like Rob, Christian <laughs> Rob Bell. <laughs> oh it's no, because he's funny. <laughs> I don't. No, you're the funny one. I thought. <laughs> I uh, well, Jesus is the funny one. No, that doesn't that doesn't work. One. He is. Yeah, uh, I think he's very funny. I mean, like he invented humor. <sighs> And he sustains humor. Yes. Oh, yeah. He holds it all together. Uh, this has been great. This is actually, uh, it's a sad moment. It, it's the end of season one of the Christchurch Fox Channel. I didn't podcast. even know we had seasons. We didn't when we started. Yeah. This was an experiment. Great. Um, it, I, 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 there is clear demand for a season two. It remains to be seen whether the Los Yetis will make it through to season two or whether the, mm. the axe has been laid to the root of the tree. Uh, mm. It's not clear to me. Uh, but uh, they are undoubtedly going to be playing us out for one uh, last time. And uh, we've really enjoyed having the Los Yetis with us as well. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We're so grateful that you would think to join us. And we will indeed see you very soon. God bless. 
This episode was produced by Alex Shuttleworth.